Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 73 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan I am Ethan, you can find me on social media at Viva La Evian And uh, my name's Soda, you can find me on X at Soda underscore Hunter What's up, man? I I still not used to it. Oh, hey, I get it. (laughs) How's everything been going this week? Uh, It's been good. Uh, Trying to get over that two-hour marathon we had last week. My goodness. (laughs) You know, I think last week was definitely the longest episode we ever had, and then this week is possibly going to be the shortest episode Uh, we've ever had. Let's let's you know. Hopefully, you know, let's not count chickens here. Um, because we are just starting literally. So that's true. We always say, let's try to keep it about an hour and then an hour and 45 minutes later, we're like, okay, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> and just cause we don't, I don't know. We just, we find it interesting. We just keep talking. Um, we didn't do this last week with 72. Do you, do you have a driver for 72? Uh, oh, 72. I did have a driver, but you would ask me that. I, <laughs> oh my gosh, who was it? Oh, uh, yes, I do actually. Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace? God, that must have been early in his career. I had to do some Googling. Yeah. I saw okay. that and I said, all right, there it is. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, he drove the 72 before he even got in the 27 car. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Mine is actually, I talked about it at the Watkins Glen episode, Tracy Leslie. Oh, okay. Yeah, just because I had this one tape, and he happened to be the winner, and I think it might have been his only win, but he won at IRP in 1993 in the Bush Series. So that he stuck in my mind. I had a little toy car of him, too, and I just got the toy car because I had a tape of him winning. I knew nothing about the dude. Still don't know anything about the dude, except he drove a red 72. Um, what about 73, though? I have an obscure one. 73 i guess they're um, all obscure on 73 i i'm gonna throw it back to the 60s buddy baker you you have done so much googling <laughs> <laughs> bro i have but he ran a 73 uh it was like an orange and blue bell south uh i don't bell know what south yeah uh it's i had the die cast when i was little and I didn't realize until I saw it on the you know Google Images. I was like, "Oh yeah, I had that diecast." Okay. Uh, there was a tape also I had in the early '90s that 
had a driver in a yellow and white car. It was number 73. I think it was like the 93 or 94 Daytona 500. I want to say it was 93 Daytona 500 tape I had. And Phil Barkdahl drove that car. And I don't know how long he drove. I don't know what all he did. I, I know he didn't win. But I don't know what other series he was in. All I know is that for that Daytona 500, he was in a white and yellow with red numbers, number 73 Chevy Lumina. Oh, yeah. and that's the first thing every always comes up to my mind. I, I knew it before I even researched it because I was like, he wasn't a 73, wasn't he? Phil Barkdahl, because I remember it specifically because he wrecked. Like he spun out like on the front straightaway or something and almost flipped or something like that, but he didn't. But, um, yeah, I want to say it was 93, but anyway. Obscure. We're getting really obscure with the drivers. I got I got one for next week, but it's not going to be Cup. Oh. It's 74. So, if I if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah. But, yeah, we're getting some real, you know, obscurity when it comes to the drivers nowadays in the 70s. And it'll probably pick back up in the 80s for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, we had Darlington this week. We did. I really, really enjoy Darlington. I do too. The the end of that race, when you had uh, the last few laps, uh, I guess the last, what, 20 or 30 laps under green right there. Mm-hmm. And you had Kyle Larson jump out, jump out front real quick. And Tyler Reddick would try his best to chase him down and he would get close and then fall back, get close again and fall back. But the whole time they're racing each other, they're constantly hitting the wall. Like yeah, nonstop, and it's not slowing them down or anything. I, I love the fact that you have a track where drivers have to drive on the absolute ragged edge every single lap to do anything on it, and it's it's so old school. It's it's the it's the most NASCAR track we own. We own we have in the sport. Yeah, honestly, I mean, like Daytona and Talladega, that's specifically NASCAR. There's nothing else that really does pack racing like that. But Darlington was made to be NASCAR's Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love even, you know, and we'll get into the fantasy cup stuff. You know, my pick didn't do so well. <laughs> it was going to, but man, I gosh, I love that racetrack so much. I love racing on it on video games. I love watching it on TV. I definitely want to go to the Southern 500 at least once in my life just to say that I've, I've been there. But man, I just I adore Darlington. One weekend, if I happen to be off and they do track laps for charity at Darlington, oh, I might just take the 10, 11 hour trip up there and do it. I'm going to take the 18 hour drive <laughs> and carpool with you, pal, because that would be an experience like no other. I think you get like four or five laps around Darlington for charity. You get like three at Talladega, but I think you get four or five around Darlington. And can you imagine getting up there on that banking? I, I'm sure they let you up there because they let you up there at Talladega. You're not driving on the apron. What's the point if you just drive on the apron all the way through? So I'm fairly sure they let you up there on the banking for the track laps. And I can't imagine what that must be like. Oh, that old geez. classic venue like that. Man. Just don't get enough stripes. I, I, I would absolutely love it. And that's that's what I was going to say is um, – I'm going to make sure my insurance is up to date, you know, because I'm going to put some stripes on that baby and I'm going to be paying for it for the rest of my life. I think they kind of look over your car too, because obviously <laughs> they don't want one that's like leaking a bunch of oil yeah. and, you know, water and junk like that to get out there on the racetrack. So 
I think they kind of look over, but they have a lot of people bring their classics to these tracks and go around. I remember that one year I did it at Talladega, they had a car show in the middle, like in the infield too, like right where the, right where the, the uh, haulers used to be before they went and redid the garage. The haulers used to be right up front out of turn four on that, that short little dog leg before the trial. That used to be where all the haulers parked and wow. they had the car show there. And when I say car show, it's Talladega. What are they going to have at Talladega as a car show? They're going to have Daytonas. They're going to have Superbirds. Mm-hmm. There must have been about 40 or 50 of those. I've never seen so much money in one place, cars-wise, in my life. You know? And they turned them loose out there at Talladega. They, they, they all got their cars, their show cars. They're beautiful you know, 70, you know, 69, 70s, uh, Superbirds and, you know, Dodge Charger Daytonas and some Torinos and all sorts of stuff that you associate with Talladega. And they got out there behind the pace car and they let those guys do laps. Yeah. At, you know, highway speeds, but they let them go out there and do laps. There's nothing like seeing those cars at Talladega because that's what those cars were designed to do. You know, those cars were made yeah. for those, those tracks. Daytona and Talladega. So, um, so you see a lot of people bring out their, their classics out there, but Darlington would be a heck of experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, any particular thoughts about the race? Uh, I know you picked Hamlin. Hamlin dominated the first, what, two, three fourths of the race or so. Yeah. Up until like the very end. Yeah. Um, my goodness. I, you know, I was, <laughs> I was so confident that I was like halfway through that race. I was like, man, this is what it's like to feel like you have two wins in a season. And then, <laughs> I mean, I was literally like, oh, man, I wonder how cool this diecast is going to look in my collection. And, man, like, oh, man, two wins. Like, this is so cool. And then, like, all the, you know, the tire stuff happens. And I'm like, hello, darkness, my old friend. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was, oh, man, it was. And that was a very bitter pill to swallow for sure. And uh, his crew says it wasn't a tire loose. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, listen, and you know, one thing that I like is I like to hear, like, I like to listen to Actions Detrimental and Dale Jr. Download and Door Bumper Clear, you know, after the race and stuff. And you know, <laughs> at, you know, in the moment when I'm sitting there watching this race, and I'm like, oh man, you know, after finishing second on double point race at Daytona, and then possibly flipping over and and winning the next race like i mean i was gonna be fourth fourth or (laughs) you know third possibly and i'm like holy moly like i am this is unreal um oh man the whole you know was it was it a tire issue was it not you know Denny Hamlin on Action Detrimental this past week, he went in depth with it and he explained it very, very well. And I'm going to just say, if I'm in that race car going 185 miles an hour and I've been dominating the race and then all of a sudden something's not right. And I mean, he has way more experience with loose wheels or, you know, the feeling of tires and stuff than I do. You know, I'm going to just go ahead and say, Hey, I don't think Denny Hamlin would have thrown that, you know, the first race of the playoffs away for nothing, you know. So I mean, if Denny says it was a loose wheel, I'm gonna just say it. it I believe Denny 100. And 
I don't know. It just it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very heartbreaking. Yeah, kind of like the way I felt the week before. He didn't quite dominate like that because he had his problems early. But he yeah. he also took himself out of the front. Yeah. You know, not for a tire issue, but just because he thought they were racing too hard. Uh, but he's like he won the first stage, I believe, at Daytona also. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't get to pick him anymore, so good for me. <laughs> me too. I I can't pick Hamlin either. So you got a few. No, you can't where to pick. go? I do. Yeah, I I do have a few. But my pick for Kansas, I feel even more confident about this one. <laughs> uh, leave it to the uh, leave it to NASCAR to make us look like we don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> dude. You are so high. I mean, spot on. I, I cannot believe like how moronic I I feel like I sound every well, single week. I'm like, oh, you at least had Kyle Larson in your top four, didn't you? My top four. Yeah. What do you mean for, for the playoffs? My four? Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't. You know, yeah. because, I mean, granted, it ain't there yet, but he's definitely in the top eight. Oh, for yeah. Sure. I mean, it's top twelve. I guess it is, isn't it? It's 12, 8, then yeah. 4. Okay. So he's definitely made it to the top 12. Um, I had Larson um, not doing anything, really, because he hadn't shown anything the last couple months. Right. Yeah. So what may, What in the world made me think he was going to go out there and win the race? There was no indicator that he was going to do anything like that. Other than the fact now it's playoffs, and so now they don't play around anymore. But, yeah, I mean, that's everybody out there. You know, I mean, Chastain finished fifth. You know, had to come from a lap down to jump back up there and finish fifth. Yeah, now that's the one that I look stupid on because I had Chastain as one of the first of four to be eliminated from the playoffs, and here he is finishing fifth. So it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I I was thinking he'd make it to the next round, but I didn't know how far into it he'd make it because of based on how he was running lately. You know, and you know what? Next week is a pretty good track for him because he wanted a very similar track in Nashville. Yes. So, and Talladega is going to be a really good track for him. He's won there as long as he can stay out of trouble, you know? So it is completely uh, in the realm of possibility that if he runs the way he ran this past weekend and can actually overcome the mistakes, like, he really didn't have much mistakes, I don't think. I think uh, he had one slower pit stop, but it was the fact that it was such a long green flag run, and he had bad track position as it is. But he was running with the leaders. He never let the leaders take off away from him. So you could tell he had a he had a decent car, maybe not the win, but he had a decent top six seven car. I mean, you could see that when he got lapped. But yeah, then he finally got his lap back, and I'm very very happy to finish fifth. That's awesome for him. Yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that I I just did not see happening, but I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad to see Ross Ross Chastain up there. That's cool. I also feel like uh I I know McDowell is better than what he showed at these tracks yeah. coming up, but man. He had a he had a rough day. I think he had I don't even know what the issue he had was. It was some kind of a do you remember what the issue was with him? It was some kind of handling thing that he had to come in and get fixed. I have no idea. Uh I thought 
he rear-ended someone. Was that it? He just just contact, and he had to work uh, on it all day long. Oh, oh my gosh, what was it? Um, we we run a NASCAR podcast, <laughs> and we <laughs> I'm I want to say he got caught up in an accident. Um, he rear-ended someone and completely derailed his front end. So, well, I know he did get in that crash later, but I thought that he had another issue before that. Oh, and I thought he was having issues have. before that. Um, I feel like he was on pit road trying to fix something before, like he needed desperately to come to pit road to try to fix stuff. So I don't know. I know he had an issue with the crash though. I know that that happened. Yeah, he might, he might've. Um, so before we go off a little bit, uh, from Darlington, so for all the, I'm going to sneeze my, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. My allergies have been unbelievable the last like two weeks. So, <laughs> trying to fight the sneeze off with everything I uh, that I've got. So well, it's, well, it's uh, ironic because I'm doing the same thing because I'm kind of saying mute uh, on the microphone, thinking I'm gonna sneeze any <laughs> second, but I'm not doing it yet. So they're just gonna keep so going and the, sneeze on the podcast, I guess, together. I don't know. So for the people that don't know, like we can, Soda and I can't see each other, but we can see each other when we mute <laughs> when we mute our microphones. So like I'm watching Soda mute his, and then Soda watches me mute mine, and we're just sneezing back and forth. So <laughs> that's really cool. So uh, getting back to the playoffs. So you're gonna hear for the next nine weeks, you're gonna hear bubble a lot. So pretty much what that means is NASCAR starts the playoffs with 16 drivers. Every three weeks, so starting at Darlington, Kansas, Bristol, after Bristol, there's going to be four drivers eliminated. So it goes from the round of 16 to the round of 12. They're going to do the next three races, and then four more will be taken out or eliminated. So now it's the round of eight. From the round of eight, you have the championship four, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, championship four. Uh, and those are the four drivers that are still eligible to race for a championship. Everybody else is still there. Like there's still 36 to 40 race cars on the track trying to win a race, but only four can win the championship. Now, no matter who wins the race, you know, whoever finishes ahead of each other, the highest, I guess what I'm trying to say is the highest finisher take off. of those four drivers will win the championship. So you're going to hear bubble a lot. So pretty much what bubble means is um, you're on the edge of making the next round. So right now, uh, the playoff standings, Kyle Larson is obviously first in the point standings. And he, if you win, if you're a playoff driver and you win a playoff race, it's an automatic entry into the next round. So Kyle Larson can go DNS. He can blow his motor lap one of Kansas and then get caught up in a wreck at, uh, at Bristol, he, it does not matter. He is automatically into the next round. So as of right now, Kyle Larson is first in the point standings. William Byron is second. Tyler Reddick is third. Fourth is Chris Busher or Christopher Bush, as Dale Jr. likes to call him. Uh, fifth is Denny Hamlin. Sixth, Martin Truex Jr. Seventh is Kyle Busch. Eighth is Brad Kozlowski. Ninth is Ryan Blaney. Ross Chastain. Joey Logano, Christopher Bell is 12th. So Christopher Bell is the bubble driver. So everybody under Christopher Bell is fighting to get above 12th in the play uh, in the points so they can advance to the next round. So 13th is Bubba Wallace. He is out by one point. Kevin Harvick is 14th. He is out by two points. 
Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is out by four points, and Michael McDowell is 16th, and he is out by 19 points. The only one of those three I didn't think would be in the bottom four right now would be uh, Michael McDowell. Wow. Yeah, because yeah. I I didn't really – I didn't have a lot of confidence in Kevin Harvick. Even though he was doing really good, he got really messed up by Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick screwed him over so bad. And, I mean, I know some people have, like, these little memes with Harvick all mad, and he goes, like, Newman! Like, no, that wasn't Newman. That was Tyler Reddick reacting to Kevin Harvick coming down pit road. And Tyler Reddick said, I can do that because he didn't want to be out there a lap on yeah. the tires and lose the lead because he was going to lose the lead if he run one more lap out there. So he slammed on brakes and Newman couldn't do that. Well, he did do that. But when you slam on brakes in a corner like that on old tires, you spin out. <laughs> so. Yeah. And that's exactly what yeah. we saw, too. So, if anything, Ryan Newman deserves an award from Tyler Reddick. Like, hey, yeah. thanks for not completely wiping He should, he me should out. just plowed him over. Honestly, he should just plowed him over. Nobody would have said a dang thing to Newman if he would have nope. plowed him over. Nope. Because Tyler Reddick was an idiot for stopping up there in the groove and everything. So, just an idiot. Yeah. But what screwed Harvick over is that when he was coming to Pitt Road, before he got to the line, they threw the red flag on the, uh, the, the red light at the end of pit road saying it was closed. Anytime that the caution just comes out, it closed pit road. And that's so people don't duck in there and get an advantage and jump out there. And then other people pit and they'll be out front. They, you don't, they don't want that kind of advantage for people. So pit road is closed and it only opens a certain, after a certain lap, after the whole field is together under caution, but under green, it's open anytime it needs to be. But the minute that caution comes out, it's an automatic pit road closed. And Harvick yeah. went over the line, and he went on in the pit road. But for some reason, he uh, stopped. He would have been fine. He would have come. He would have lost some track position. He where he could come back out on the racetrack at pit road speed. But he would have been fine if he didn't stop. But he stopped and made a pit stop. And I don't know why. Why they did that? I felt like there was enough time where the crew could have said, "Hey, keep going. Just keep going around. Don't stop." But he stopped anyway. And so he kind of messed himself up there. But man, Tyler Reddick just, he screwed that all up for <laughs> Kevin Harvick. I, I feel bad for Kevin Harvick because he had a really good run going. It looked like he was in position to actually win a race in his final season. Yeah. Um, so to kind of elaborate a little bit on that, uh, so Pit Road, the start of Pit Road is this white line at the um, what is it? What would it be? The right side of the line, so closest to the racetrack. There's like this orange box, spray painted box, you know, whatever it is. And so you cannot have, was it any tires in it or just two tires? You cannot have your tires run over the box. Okay, so you cannot touch that yes. box whatsoever. So if you do, it's a penalty. So. I understand it, it kind of in a way. Kevin Harvick was just, he, there was nothing he could have done. He was so close to the pit road um, commitment line. Yeah. And once you hit that commitment line, you cannot, you cannot change your mind. You cannot go back into the racetrack. Even if you have that option, that's a penalty. So uh, Kevin Harvick was so close that 
if he would have made a real sharp right turn to get back on the racetrack, he would have clipped that commitment uh, square. I don't know. What, what do you call that? Commitment line? Well, it used to be an orange cone, but people kept hitting yeah. the cone. So they, they just <laughs> right. painted a square on the uh, on the on the asphalt now. So if you if you touch that box like it's a penalty, if you go past that box or you know you commit to pit road and then you change your mm-hmm. mind and go back off to the racetrack, once again it's a penalty. Um, you cannot come down pit road when the pits are closed. And like uh, Soda just said, when the caution comes out, pit road is automatically closed. No one can come in. Obviously, if you wreck your car, you're going to go in there. You're pretty much done for the day. Anyways, so Harvick was so close to that commitment line, he had no choice. He had to just go ahead and just take the bullet. And I'm pretty sure that if you do that, if you choose to go down pit road to avoid an accident, you still lose your track position. Yeah, you'll lose track position, but you'll, you'll, it isn't like a tail in a long slime penalty. It's track right. position based on where you come back out on the racetrack. Um, once you know everybody's under caution speed and you're driving down pit road speed, he would have lost some spots. He might have lost three or four spots. I don't know how stretched out everybody was at that point. He might have lost a little bit more than that, but he wouldn't have been penalized to tail in the longest line. See, I thought that was the penalty. I don't. I don't was. think if I think if you're in that kind of a situation right there. First off, I don't think coming down pit road to avoid an accident is a penalty at all as long as you try to maintain as long as you try to get down to a safe pit road speed right i'm pretty sure that's not the that's not a penalty at all um see i know it it never used to be but like daytona and talladega like people would uh, you know go down pit road but they would be going 200 miles an hour down pit road so i'm pretty sure that's why they said hey no more you cannot go down pit road to avoid a wreck anymore just because there's, you know, pit crews there, whatever the case may be. Like, I know that they tried to make it where like, Hey, you have to, by the end of pit road, you have to get it slowed down to pit road speed in order to not avoid, to avoid a penalty. But I'm pretty sure, and this might be a true story. I just made up. I'm pretty sure that they said, if you go down pit road to avoid a wreck or, or an incident, then it's automatic tail end of the longest line not longest line but uh at the yeah, end there's of the only line. one line now um yeah yeah <clears throat> he, you know where that longest line comes from do you remember the lo- before the lucky no, no the the there used to be two lines before they went double file restart and before they went just grouping everybody by what lap they're on yeah, the lead lap cards would be on the outside. Mm-hmm. The lap down cards would be on the yeah, inside. Yeah, so if you got penalized to the tail end of the longest line and there was, you know, if it was split, there's like 20 lead lap cars and 20 lap cars, you're pretty much at the end of the field. But you're, you're at the same position. Everybody's double file, right? You're, you're, you're not too far away from the leader. But if there's like three people on the lead lap, and 36 lap down cars you're at the end of the 36 car and you gotta pass 33 cars to get up there to top three (laughs) that was a heck of a penalty back in the day because they didn't used to Mm -hmm. run them double file restart the only only reason why you had double file restarts is if you had lap cars and the lap cars would be on the inside and like you said the lap cars would be on the outside it got confusing whenever there would be a caution in the middle of pit stops and some people uh, wouldn't pit and they would be behind the pace car 
but the leader would be lined up behind them. But so they're technically on the lead lap, but they can't pass the pace car. Nowadays that that gets rectified by uh, a wave around. They just let them go on around the racetrack. But before, if that happened and you had like six or seven cars that were lined up in front of the leader, they would point it out on the TV. Hey, this guy back here in about sixth, seventh, eighth spot, he's the leader. All these guys are on the tail end of one lap down. They want to caution really badly right now. And they would race their butts off trying to stay out in front of the leader. And then sometimes it would work out. Sometimes it wouldn't. Most of the times it wouldn't. And the leader would just end up passing them all. Or it would just be strict, just pure chaos. Because if that happened at yeah. Daytona and Talladega, you had all sorts of mix up in the packs. <laughs> well, mm. it's such an interesting time. Uh, but it was like that forever up until like the last, what, 15 years? Yeah. It was like that forever in NASCAR, like 60 years worth of NASCAR like that. I mean, I say that. I don't know what they used to do before the 80s. I, I remember it you know, in the late eighties, early nineties, always being like that. I assumed it was like that all the time, but it might not have been, I have no idea, but that's where that uh, tail end of the longest line rule comes from. And I don't think that's a rule anymore. I think it's just tail end of the field. So yeah, but yeah, I don't know strictly what the rule is as far as the pit road thing goes, but to avoid an accident, even that's not really what happened here. I yeah. I was under the assumption you could do that as long as you tried your best, like in the best of your uh, ability to get down to a safe pit road speed. I thought that was okay still, but if it's not, it's not. I don't know. I haven't heard one way. And you, yeah, you might, you actually might be right. I just, I thought I might have read that or heard that or something. And I, but I don't know why I think that. I thought I heard on the broadcast them say that if Kevin Harvick did not stop and make his pit stop because they got to have some kind of provision when you're that close to the line, knowing good right. and well, there's no way physically possible. You're going to miss the line because he couldn't have. Yeah. No, no, there was, he was way too close. So his options at that point were to sharp, right. And hit the commitment line and get a yeah, penalty. He would have got a penalty for not go, coming down in. Yeah. Go through, like go past the line, but then jet back up that's a penalty same penalty mm-hmm. uh go through pit road don't stop you lose track position or go ahead and just make your pit stop and then just restart in the you know in the back of yeah. the field so, so I, I mean three of those situations would have been tail end of the, of the line and one of them would have been wherever he came back out and he just had to blend in and make his pit stop with everybody else yeah i don't know why he stopped but i don't know if the communication <sighs> just didn't get to him or or what but um Anyway, um, one more thing I want to talk about Darlington and we can take a quick break. You, uh, did you, <laughs> just because I'm a Chastain fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to see where Chastain was a lap down, but he was running with the leaders, right? He's trying his best to stay on the lucky dog spot, right? Yes. Or the, I guess I don't know if they call it that anymore, but the free pass spot. Yes. Kyle Larson. <laughs> was underneath them in one of the corners and Chastain's running the wall. He's got nowhere to go. I'm running the wall, right? I'm a playoff driver. I'm trying to stay on this, this free pass spot here. First car lap down. I'm doing a good job at this because I am right now the first car one lap down. I'm going to hold my position because I am running with you guys. And he should, he he had absolutely no reason to not do that. And Kyle Larson goes underneath them in three and four. And he comes off of the corner beside Chastain, but that's tight. 
off of three and four when you're on the inside of somebody like that. You have to, you're yeah. loose. You have to get out of the gas because they use all the racetrack right there. And he just about used all the one car too. And he mm -hmm. about spun himself all out and um, hit the inside wall. Almost did. He went halfway down the track trying to miss him. But Chastain was just driving his line. And he got on the radio and told his spotter to go to the one spotter and says, what in the world? Like, what are you doing? Like, tell, ask him, what is he doing? I, I think what he said, obviously. I'm not repeating what he said. Uh, yeah. You know, I was like, like what, WTF, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was thinking, what did, what did he do wrong? What did the one do? Can you explain to me what the one did wrong to the five? Is it because he was a lap down? I think the thing that he did wrong in that situation is the fact that he's rock yeah, he's, he's there. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. The one car is there. Yeah. And the five, he couldn't get by him right away like that. It, it was, it was, it was difficult to get by the one. Eventually, he did get by him, and I think he wound up pulling away by like seven or eight car lengths. I think he, I think he held about that. About I, honestly, I think that was Chastain just saying, "You know what? Just go on. I don't even care. Yeah. I'm, I'm in my spot. I know I can run with you guys. Just go on. I'm gonna get back up here." And he got his spot, and he finished fifth. You know, good for him. And I swear. Just he didn't even do anything, and people blame him for junk. People blame him for for their own stupid mistakes. <laughs> yeah, and you know, good for Rasha saying for you know staying in his line and just going because a lot of people would kind of like, oh gosh, oh you know, get nervous and you know make a mistake, but he didn't. He didn't make a mistake at all. He did exactly what he was supposed to do, and I I applaud uh, him. There was that. another track house uh, thing too. Um. And this was this <laughs> yeah. was all Bowman to me, all Bowman. Mm -hmm. So the lap before this actually happened, the one and ninety nine are running they're right in front of each other, right? Bowman yeah. does not have any like he's out of the playoffs. He's just out there to win races now, and the ninety nine is the same way, but the one is not. The one come off the corner, underneath the forty eight. The forty eight drove him all the way down to the bottom of the racetrack on the straightaway, but the one was there. And he had that solid position on him. The one didn't rough him up. The one didn't knock him out of the way or anything like that. And the 48 darted back up the racetrack. He's like, man, that was a really aggressive block. They they said, wow, what an aggressive move by Ross Chastain. No, it was an aggressive move trying not to wreck because the 48 tried to wreck him. I mean, 48 drove yeah. to the inside of the, the, the track. I don't know what you expect Ross to do. I mean, if he could have so, earned him, I guess. Yeah, so we're actually talking about Daniel Suarez <laughs> in the next no, 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 Ross was first. What? Go back, go what, back what? about two, uh, one lap before that 99 thing happened. Uh, the one passed the 48 first, and 48 blocked him all the way down the racetrack, just like he did the 99. Oh, and I that was Junior saying, Wow, what an aggressive move by Ross Chastain going into the turn. And 48 goes right about the racetrack, and the one passes him. Right? And I was like, Okay, well, 48 oh. was an idiot there. Next lap, hmm. same spot. 99 gets underneath the 48. 48 blocks them all the way down to the bottom of the racetrack again. You know, and and at this point, 99's like, okay, fine. I'm behind you now. Go on. So he gets behind them, and he goes up the track, and the 48 runs right into the left front of the 99 and puts them both on the wall. And actually damages a 21 car, too. Okay, so, yeah, I apologize. I thought we were talking about the 99 versus oh, just the 48. The 48 in general was an idiot. 
right then. Yeah, I did not see any of that with Ross Chastain and and the forty eight. That's that's wild to me. Um, man, I think I have a little bit of a different opinion on that. I think uh, I'm gonna put seven, and I'm gonna mimic yeah, you're quite uh, junior. Dale Junior. <laughs> yeah, so I, he said it perfectly. Like he said it absolutely perfectly. Seventy um, percent blame on uh, the forty-eight and thirty percent blame on the ninety-nine. I'm so, not gonna blame and, a driver for backing off because somebody's blocking them. I'm not gonna blame a driver for staying in it and keeping his nose beside that car when that idiot's trying to block him. He's like, I'm here. Right. You're blocking me. You're getting turned. That's that's how I've always been. That's how I raced. That's that happened to me. You know, dude tried to cut me off and he hit me on the right front. And I said, I'm not moving. And he spun himself out over my nose. I didn't, I didn't wreck him. He wrecked himself at 48, wrecked himself on the 99's nose to me. So I had this opinion long before I listened to Dale Jr. on this week's episodes. Um, I, when it happened, I thought to myself, man, 48 isn't, is an idiot. Like, I mean, he could have, I don't see why he had to block, but because if the 99 went down low, the one, or I'm sorry, the 48 still had the preferred line right up next to the wall. He could have probably just zoomed his way out on the back straightaway and, you know, still kept his position and not have to, you know, make that such a gnarly block on that. So I I kind of sympathize with 48 just for like a smidge because I feel like it wasn't like an actual like and I know I'm completely wrong so like don't bash me too hard but like when I watched it I almost thought like the 48 just instinct like it wasn't like a oh I'm gonna block the holy crap out of this guy it was more like a no 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 I can't let you pass and then like when he got squirrely after the nine or the 99 was like clearly there, I think he overcorrected and was just trying, like Dale Jr. was saying, just trying to, okay, hold on. Like I'm, I'm just trying to get back up to my groove, like my bad, like whatever. And then I don't know, like, and then like he gets out of the car after, you know, going to the in care. Oh God. infield care center. And then you kind of like, Oh, 99 is always. And I'm like, okay, so that kind of, that theory goes out the window because like he clearly knew what he was Mm -hmm. doing so the first block i'm not sure i don't know why i don't know (laughs) i don't know why you would block that move because clearly the 99 was was ripping his bumper off like he was way faster he he blocked it because he was uh desperate because he was it was near the end of the race he was constantly losing spots right there he had just lost one to that dude's teammate that he could not stop i mean Chastain wasn't going to back off and get behind him. 99 backed yeah. off and got behind him and still wound up wrecking the 48 because 48 came across his nose. I mean, he was right. He and wrecked them on the right side of the car. When he blocked the 99, he was the 99 was on the left side of his car. So right. the 99 crossed over him and he still <laughs> wrecked himself off the 99's nose. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I understand what you're saying. I don't see any fault with what Suarez did. To me, that was 100% Bowman, but I understand what you're saying. Some people are seeing it. So, yeah, I guess saying I put a little blame on 99 is probably mm, probably not the best choice of words. I don't like Daniel Suarez, so that's just why I want to. I just want to 
put a little blame on him in any sort of situation. Um, but like, I feel like what's the harm in just, Hey, you're okay, fine. Take it. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass you. You know what I mean? Like, and, but yet again, I'm not in the driver's seat. I'm not, you know, super frustrated like the 48 and the 99 both are both have teammates in, you know, I mean, 48 was leading the, the point standings, you know, the 99, he's probably feeling the heat right now too. So, I mean, I get it, but I don't know. I, I would like to sit here and say that, Oh, if I was in that situation, this is what I would have done. But honestly, I would have probably done the exact same thing. The 99 did. Oh, I would have for sure. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. Hey, we're live, pal, and we'd love for you to come check out our podcast, Tales from the Estate. Each week, we talk about our top five favorite somethings. My beautiful wife, Caitlin, likes to share all sorts of random facts. Yeah. Did you know that cows have accents? We did now. But we also review all sorts of snacks and other great things. And so if you love everything random, I think you'd enjoy Tales from the Estate. So come check us out. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hi. I'm AJ. I'm Tyler. And I'm Ryan. And we're Three Brews Podcast. We're a show where us three brothers sit down to talk about brews and everything else. Check out our website, threebrewspodcast.com, and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And we're back. I think we had a little audio issue right there. I probably cut off mid-sentence and then went straight to break. (laughs) What it's probably sounded like. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know where I stopped, so we're just going to move on. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> we got our point across, I think. I think we did. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we have, uh, you have some news points you want to go over real quick. Yes. Really excited about this. Uh, I think the whole world of NASCAR is very excited about this. Denny Hamlin signs. Boring. What? Boring. Boring? Just boring? Mm-hmm. Fully posable reference. <laughs> uh, Denny <laughs> Hamlin signs a multi-year contract with Joe Gibbs Racing and I'm sure this means that 2311 racing is staying with Toyota. Oh, they, that, that's official. Yeah, they've, yeah. they've signed contracts there too. So nothing changes. Literally nothing changes. He's still going to be. I wonder what um, I wonder what this means for FedEx. Is FedEx coming back full time or? I'm sure they are. I mean, they've not been on the car since like what? Well, nobody's really full time anymore. Well, that's true. I mean, it used to be there was one paint job all year long, but nowadays it's, you know, the, the, the whole model has changed where now they, they get four or five, maybe more different cars yeah, to, or different sponsors to go on the cars through segments of races, you know, through 
like, Hey, this, this, this guy be on for six races. This, this, this company yeah. will be on for eight races or four races or whatever. It's whatever they can do to make ends meet now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone has as many new sponsors as Kyle Bush, but my goodness. <laughs> um, no, but that's, you know, whatever. Nothing changes. He's going to be back on the 11 Toyota, 2311's Toyota. Um, but some, a little bit more exciting news, which is conveniently came out the day after Denny Hamlin announced that he's coming back to the 11. John Hunter Nemechek announces that he is signing with Legacy Motor Club to drive the 40. Uh yeah, forty-two Toyota next season with Jimmy Johnson. It's it's what we thought was happening. Yeah, it's it was the John Hernemachek waiting to see what happened with the eleven car because if that eleven car was going to be available, I don't have a doubt that John Hernemachek was going to go to Gibbs. Yeah, but it's not available now, and nobody else is getting out of Gibbs right now. Not Ty Gibbs for sure not Christopher Bell and Martin Truex is even coming back next year. So now it's almost like Truex is going to be the lame duck driver waiting on John Hernemachek to fill that seat. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, lame as lame duck as you can be winning three or four races a year, it seems like, but you know, it, the, the soon to be retiring driver. Well, that's what it kind of feels like. Like let, let him be in that 42 car and get his feet wet in the cup cup series. But, Ultimately, he's going to end up probably being in a 19. Yeah. That's just what I see. I, I, you know, I hope, I hope so. And, you know, who, who knows, you know, last season, I really didn't think much about Brad Kozlowski or I, what is it? RFK, um, didn't really think they were going to amount to much and which is kind of foolish on my part, you know, Brad Kozlowski, everything he does, he tries to be perfect at it. So, um, you know, who knows? This might this switch to Toyota might be a kick in the butt that Legacy Motor Club needs. And maybe in two, three years, three, two or three seasons, maybe you know, the 42 and the 43 will be front runners like the six and 17 are. Who knows? Speaking of RFK, I'm telling you, watch Busher. If he can make it to the final four, which if he runs like he has been, there ain't no reason why he won't make it to the final four. Um, he It ain't like he can't win. Like right now, he could win Phoenix. He absolutely could win Phoenix. Yeah. Just, you never know. You never know. You're talking about a long shot bet. If somebody put a bet on Chris, if somebody put $100 on Chris Buescher to win a championship in February... I can't imagine what that would pay out. My goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't imagine what his odds of, what, <sighs> would have been. Jeez. <laughs> Golly. I wish I could find that out. I wish I could find out what the odds for Chris Busher winning the championship back in February would have been, like before day 2500. I, I, wish, I wish I could find the Vegas odds on that. Um, it's got to be something crazy, like 6,000 to 1 or maybe maybe, maybe bigger than that. Like a ten or twelve thousand to one chance for Busher to win a championship. Yeah, that's <laughs> just a hundred dollars to pay one hundred twenty grand. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it would. Anyway, be, yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's next? How about some fantasy cup series? Was there nothing else? Um, I'll get I'll get to it. Uh, okay, in the shout outs or the drafting partners. 
Um, I do want to say real quick before we go into the fantasy cup, uh, you had, you talked about, um, the, the Hamlin podcast and the junior download and all that today. I think mm. it was today that yes. Cody Rhodes episode dropped yes. and man, that is a good listen. I have is, 35 minutes left. I'm it's, it's amazing that you don't think about it. The parallels between those two guys. Yeah. Dale Jr. and Cody Rhodes, how both of them have these amazingly famous, uh, legendary fathers in their respective sport, which, I mean, that was a neat little uh, clip that I saw before the show even dropped. How Cody was like, I, you don't, I don't think anybody's ever told you this, but my dad was your dad's biggest fan. Yeah. Like, you know, like they just loved Dale Earnhardt. And, and, you know, of course, Junior's like, I grew up watching Dusty Rhodes. Like, as a yeah. kid, we would watch NWA every Saturday morning, and that blew his mind. That Like, here, here we are, we're kids of our famous dads, and your dad was a fan of my dad. And I, he didn't say it back, but, I mean, who knows? You think, you know, Earnhardt might have been a fan of Dusty, too. I have no idea. I don't know if Earnhardt even watched wrestling, honestly. But <clears throat> you, um, you have a, that that such a big parallel when they are just now starting to come into their own, right? They're just they're just kind of being their own person, and their their person dies, mm -hmm. you know, like their their legendary father figure dies, and then, like they said at one point, they're reminded of it every single time they see fans. Right. You know, it's like, like, oh, man, your dad was my favorite. And, you know, uh, Cody's like, oh, yeah, he, he was my favorite, too. You know, mm -hmm. just crazy, crazy parallels between us, two. I, you know, I've been a real big Austin Theory fan, and I still am a big Austin Theory fan. Uh, Cody Rhodes' return to WWE really didn't do much for me. Um, but watching those clips and then obviously listening to a majority of that podcast, that episode, I think I'm going to get back to work tomorrow and clock in and restart that entire episode and listen to it all over again, just because of how good it was. I really enjoyed it. And it made me a Cody Rhodes fan, like right up there with Austin theory. So uh, it was really cool to see like our two, probably our two biggest passions, you know, WWE and, and NASCAR intertwine. And you could tell how much Dale jr really enjoyed that conversation because I mean, mm -hmm. when, when uh, Cody Rhodes was telling Dale jr, like, man, my, you know, my dad, I not idolized, but I mean, he really like was a big fan of Dale Earnhardt. You could, I mean, in the clips, it almost seemed like Dale jr was about to start crying, you know? And I'm like, wow, golly, like, this is cool. <laughs> this is really and, cool. So, and as you, as you listen to it, um, you're going to hear as a wrestling fan, you're going to hear like cringe questions coming from, from Dale Earnhardt once in a while, because he doesn't follow the current stuff as yeah. much. He, he mostly followed the uh, late eighties and early nineties. NWA like, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like he knew his brother uh, was gold dust and he knew of Cody because he watched, I mean, he obviously knew Cody, but he knew more of Cody than you think he would know for somebody that doesn't watch it now because he watched yeah. the documentary on Peacock. So he Which understands the story. Oh, this, this, it's amazing. It's a really good documentary. Uh, I need to watch the angle one. 
that just dropped. Oh, I yeah. see. I've watched the Angle one. I haven't watched Cody Rhodes. Oh, it's good. It's the Cody one's really good. Um, yeah, the, the Cody's weird with me because I, I wasn't ever really a fan. Like I never really liked Cody. I didn't like his style for yeah. the longest time. He didn't even wear knee pads, and I just thought he looked like a dude in his underwear. Yes. I just I, I hated the way he looked. I hated his characters. I was like, and then he did the Stardust thing. It's like it's kind of cool when they were together, him and Goldust. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I never really cared for it. And when he left, I was like, well, okay, well, good riddance. Yeah. He didn't do anything for me anyway. And he started doing all this other stuff, and I started seeing some of him in New Japan. And I was like, okay, this isn't the Cody I remember. You know, and then AEW come around and I saw a match or two of his, but I wasn't really a big AEW follower. I saw yeah. his match with Cody at all in at uh, Cody. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Cody. Uh, Dustin with all at all in the real bloody one. And I'm like, I get it. But to me, that was too much. Mm. It was, I don't like that much blood. I mean, like a little blood's fine, but that much blood just made it really uncomfortable to me. And I just never gave that match a second thought to go back and watch again because I didn't didn't like it. Yeah. And then you start seeing like little by little, you start seeing more and more of them. And now he came back at the WrestleMania that I was at. I was at that one. And what's funny is I didn't really see most of the match because I thought that the minute he came out, they would release merch of his because there wasn't any there before they would put out merchandise the minute he came out in the merchandise stands. And sure enough, I got my Cody Rhodes shirt from WrestleMania because I was there when he came back. So okay. I missed most of the match because I went to the merch stand to get that shirt. I'll come back to the last five minutes of it. Oh, wow. So, I mean, yeah, but the more and more I watch him, and especially knowing more and more of his story and stuff, the bigger fan I'm becoming of Cody Rhodes. I think that and, sounds not to cut you off, but I I think our friend Jordan Cassatt is the exact same way. Like he wasn't a major uh, Cody Rhodes fan, and then like ever since he came back to WWE this time, it's like something is hitting all cylinders with me, with you, with Jordan Cassatt. You know, <laughs> a lot of us are like, wow, kind of you know, kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I can't explain it other than the fact that. He has changed a lot since he was there before. And I don't know, maybe my tastes have changed a lot too. I, I don't know, but I'm changing my opinion as we go along right now. And it's changing in favor of, you know, uh, being a Cody fan. Honestly, I, I mostly got that t-shirt because I was there when it happened and it was a right. really big moment. And I wanted something to remember. Oh, this is where I got this from. I got this from Dallas, like at the stadium when he came back that night. Uh, I didn't have a date on or anything. It was just a basic generic, you know, American Nightmare T-shirt. But it was purchased because he came back that night. Right. But anyway, this is not a wrestling podcast. <laughs> but they, um, it was a good show. I, I encourage anybody that's a wrestling fan, NASCAR fan, whatever, go uh, check out the Dale Jr. Download on podcast form anywhere you can find it. And check out the latest episode. As of now, it's the latest episode. Uh, the Cody Rhodes. It's like a two-hour long episode also. Yeah, it's like a two-hour 
probably a little more interesting than our two hour long episode, but I don't know how we can compete with Dale Jr. and Cody Rhodes. Yeah, we definitely. (laughs) Nobody's going to complain about that being a two hour episode either. No, I I didn't hear anybody complain about our two hour episode. though. Yeah, no, I haven't either. Uh, I've actually heard some good things about it, actually. So. People got to listen to it and complain about it. <laughs> That's true, buddy. That's true. Oh, that, <laughs> that popped me. That All good. 15 people out there that listen to us every week. And we appreciate each and every <laughs> one of you. Um, actually, Jody, the Canadian, shared a really nice little message uh, with me on Facebook about uh, the two, you know, he's, you know, does the whole weekly great pod this week, dude, you know. And then he said, dot, 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 loved all two hours. <laughs> so it's really cool. Uh, obviously, I appreciate everybody. It's, you know, Jody, uh, the Canadian, you know, and everybody that listens to our shows, even if they're, you know, two and a half or two, two hours long, five minutes long, it doesn't matter. We appreciate y'all. Um, and also, Jody, I don't mean to be so short all the time when I'm, uh, when you message me on Facebook, I'm not trying to just dismiss stuff. I'm usually in the middle of my work day. <laughs> So I got short answers. I know I'm not trying to just like, yeah, this and this. And he's like asking me questions and stuff and talking, trying to start conversation. I was like, I'm not trying to be dismissive, but I promise I'm not. I'm usually right in the middle of my work day when that's happening. So I'm out, you know, gauging my wells or trying to get one running that's been down or something stupid like that. So uh, all good things. I'm just, just, just putting that out there. Cause I know he's probably like, like, man, he sure doesn't like to talk a whole lot. That's so true. <laughs> well, you know, you don't want to be short with Jody, and that's cool. Jody, one thing you have to understand is, is Soda doesn't want to be short with you, but he's only five, what, two? Five, two? I'm not five, two. Well, how? I'm I five, five. Five, five. I'm so sorry. Five, five. So you give I me mean, my three inches now. <laughs> you, know, it's, uh, you know, it's just genetics, I guess. It is genetics. <laughs> I can't. I'm short with everybody. <laughs> I was thinking about that. So uh, I was listening to three proofs podcast earlier and, and I want to say, I don't know, Ryan or one of them said something about how they're only like five, five. So it's our, like, I'm six, one. Is that tall? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the average tall. You know six what I mean? One? Like if you're, if you're a tall person, six foot, six, one is like the average height of a tall person but if you're like six 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 seven something like that that's that's beyond what interesting if if that makes any sense like you have like an average short person i think is like five six and then you have your really short people are like four eleven five five feet yeah right like my mom's four eleven and a half oh you know and my wife is on the average tall person side she's five eleven yeah, and I'm right. I'm right there as average short, and I think you're average tall. Oh, sweet! There you go. If that makes any sense whatsoever, I think, I think that's what that is. But anyway, I could be completely. I, that can make no sense to anybody. I don't know. You know, it makes sense I, in my head though. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, let's go into the fancy cup a little bit, dude. We finally hit a thousand points, Justin finally hit a thousand points not us <laughs> we're i am nowhere near it so um really uh, really interesting shakeup not a lot of movement um justin like i said hit a thousand points which is really cool he has four wins he ex- um extended oh i don't like that i like did you hear that 
Mm-mm. I said extended and it like the spit in my mouth kind of like, <laughs> ugh, ugh, I hate that. Okay. So I would have noticed it, but I'm keeping it in now. Now if I can rewind it and hear it again. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, so I'm not editing. You crazy. Yeah. It's work. Uh, Justin extended his uh, point standings lead over Matt. And now it is up to 66 points. So he's getting a little bit farther out there. We need to, you know, somehow bring him back. You know, <laughs> uh, Matt is setting second. Drew has went back up to third. Jessica has went back to fourth. Nicole is up to fifth. Rock is sixth. I have fallen to seventh. John is eighth. Tim is ninth. Billy is 10th. RJ is 11th. Soda, you are holding it down at 12th. Josh is 13th. Caitlin is 14th. Joe is 15th. Jody, the Canadian, is 16th. And Ryan is 17th. We had had a few people that needed some good runs. They got some good runs. Yeah. You know, I know me and Caitlin for sure. We needed some good runs, and we got we got some pretty good runs. Yeah, so. absolutely. I would have had a really good run, <laughs> an exceptional run, and hmm, 25th. I don't want to talk about it. We just need Justin to quit pick, picking people that's finishing the top five all time. I'm going to do what RJ did <laughs> earlier, and I'm just going to keep on picking the same person he does. Well, um, you're never you're never going to get by him. <laughs> I know, but I mean, I'd, li- I'd rather finish second in the points than seventh. <laughs> you know, like, golly. Um, no, this, do you have a, a pick this week? I have an idea, but I do want to see practice. Mm. I do not want to see practice. I will not be seeing practice. Uh, I, but Jessica and I will be there Sunday, not Friday, not Saturday. Uh, I'll be at work those two days, but we are going Sunday, a day trip, just there and back. Uh, my pick is William Byron. First time I'm picking him all season. Oh, so, you got three good picks for the rest of the year then. Oh, yeah. Because he's going to be solid. Even if he doesn't win, he's going to be solid. Yeah, boy. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Jessica will be going to her first ever NASCAR Cup Series race this weekend. I'm really excited about that. Kansas Speedway, uh, I'm being completely biased. Kansas Speedway is the best mile and a half racetrack we have on NASCAR Cup Series. And it just happens to be in my backyard. So um, the tradition continues. Uh, we just actually just got the tickets today, like just a few hours ago. And it's definitely the closest I've ever came to like not getting tickets because like I I've been watching it on uh, Jordan Cassatt told like gave me this new app to get by like tickets and stuff. And it will tell you every day, like how many seats or how many tickets have been sold from the last mm-hmm. time you logged in. And it was like, yesterday just between today and yesterday it was it went down 33 percent, and it's like almost sold out and i'm like holy moly i need to figure it out and i did and we are going so i'm really excited about that and there's a new prize so nobody won the tony stewart from last week that will be going back into the hopper for a future prize race but this prize race is kind of cool in celebration of last year's kansas races uh, it's not a cup race but or uh, it's not a cup diecast it's an xfinity diecast but it's the 2022 noah gregson bass pro shop 124 scale arc kansas raced win autographed by noah himself you get a uh, 
COA from Junior Motorsports saying that the autograph is authentic. So that's a that is what's up for grabs this week. That's cool. That's that's one of the best ones that you've brought on all all year long. Just wait. <laughs> oh, I know one you got later on, and I am definitely, definitely doing all my homework for that race. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, man, do you have anything else? I think we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. That's all I got, man. Let's try to keep it, keep it normal. Yeah. Tonight, um, we can go over the uh, podcast drafting partners real quick. Uh, want to shout out some of these guys: the uh, Fully Postable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Drunk Wrestling History, a side project with Scott off, off of that show. Doing the favor with Eric and Barry. You can watch, you can uh, listen to their back catalog of shows, but also you can check out um, Eric on the Three Bruce podcast coming up later, and you can shout them out too. Uh, yes. All these guys, really, really excellent shows. Uh, pro Wrestling Podcast, or possibly Pro Wrestling Cat Podcast, sorry. Um, they just dropped a new show recently too, just a few days ago. Um, I would shout out the chop shop with Jason Wolf, but it kind of sounds like he's done with the chop shop as of like two hours before we start recording. Oh, really? Yeah. I think just, it's not, it's not there like it was as far as uh, profitability mm-hmm. and it's, 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 it's basically getting to a point where it's costing him money to do it. And I understand that. I mean, I hate it, but I understand that I, I tend to get two a month from him this month. I'm taking two off. I'm not, I'm not getting to this month. Uh, we have that birthday thing I got coming up in three weeks and I will need all my money. <laughs> um, so I can't really, I can't really get to this month, but I got six on the way really soon. And, and I know he's had some really bad weather out there. He hasn't really been able to finish some of them up, but he's, he's, he said he could, st- he's still going to do some customs occasionally for some people. And, and specific things what people want, but he's not going to do like bulk orders anymore. Yeah. Which I understand, but he also has a podcast too. Uh, how also commission him to get any artwork done, you know, not just figures, but any artwork. He's a really, really good artist. And I enjoy seeing all of his stuff on a lot of our friends, t-shirts, uh, magic and the mouse. Also, they haven't uploaded a new Disney world podcast in a little bit, but they do have, a YouTube channel called anyone can cook where they replicate Disney world recipes. And, uh, that's all I got. Who you got, Ethan? Yeah. As always go listen to the archives of breaker and Bane's power hour, as well as, you know, it's fake, right? Two really cool podcasts. I really hope comes back soon. Uh, in the meantime, go check out Saturday morning rumble wheel with Brian breaker and Daniel cross TV toy cast. I'm actually wearing their t-shirt right now, uh, with Brian breaker and Jeff Toon filling in for Travis Fowler. No Holds Barred with Bill Benis is on sabbatical, but go check that out anyways. Reffing it up with Brian Hebner. Go check that out. Um, Tales from the Estate. I I cannot tell you how much joy I get when I see the little notification that Tales from the Estate dropped a new episode. Um, (laughs) Dude, I love that podcast, and I know you will too, so go check that out. Um, Pulling up a chair with our friend Tim at a chair shot amazing uh you know episode a couple weeks ago with with uh brian from legendary 80s wrestling figures did i get that right i don't know i believe that's right i don't know you guys know who i'm talking about (laughs) yeah yeah, the newest member of the fig life community that's came on really (laughs) really strong uh three brews podcast 
with Ryan, Tyler, and AJ. Just listened to the newest episode. This uh, actually just a couple hours ago when I was at work, we finally figured out who RJ was. I'm 30 minutes in. I haven't finished it yet. Oh, gotcha. So I'll let, I'll just let that one simmer. Um, gosh, man. I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like we knew, but yeah, yeah, well you did. I definitely didn't. Cause it was a mixture between RJ. Yeah. I, that's uh, who I thought it was initially before I looked at the last name while we were recording. I was like, Oh, that's not him. Right. That's a different dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And lastly, uh, let's go check that out. I love, love, love those guys. Uh, I'm actually in their, uh, fantasy football thing are you in that i am uh you better enter before sunday at noon yeah i uh actually was talking to ty right before we started recording um talking about like i I guess i didn't know i was supposed to like download the app and i was doing it off of safari this whole time making my picks so i downloaded the app and could not figure it out so ty kind of helped me navigate how to find everything so we're on track there. Uh, Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm really excited about talking with this one. Uh, talking about this one, just recently, a couple days ago, we did the draft mm-hmm. for their fantasy football thing. I was, dude. I wish I could bring Jessica on the show right now and just like have her explain how terrified, <laughs> how excited, how just, I mean, how giddy. I was for the first time in a long time. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I had. The premise of what we were doing but i didn't know who i was picking so uh really shocked that i was so excited to get travis kelsey and then he blows he blows his kneecap yeah. out so I i'm not like, that he's not playing tonight <laughs> and then my uh uh wait he's not playing tonight no he's not playing tonight i am oh. did you start him i don't know what that means so <laughs> i don't know you can change your lineup I don't know what I don't know, but I know uh, Joe. I got Joe Burrow too, and I heard he was injured as well. He's uh, he'll he'll probably start, from what so. I understand. He'll probably start, but you have a backup quarterback. <sighs> if it looks like he's not going to start going up to game time, you can always change out. I unless your quarterback's playing tonight. I don't know. I don't know any of this. <laughs> I don't know any of this. But uh, go check out Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast with Joe and Jordan. Really awesome, 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 awesome show. Um, shout out to Jordan Cassat, who just went to SmackDown, I think, last week um, there in Hershey, Pennsylvania. He is celebrating a birthday, I think, Saturday. I think it's uh, September 9th. So just a couple days from now, two days from now. Uh, so happy birthday, to one of my favorite people in the entire universe. So happy happy birthday, Jordan. Uh, also, a little bit of news. Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Jordan, Jordan and Joe both announced that they are entering the In the Marvels Fantasy Cup for 2024. I am super excited about that. Now we have, what, Tales from the Estate, Three Brews Podcast, Stolen Gimmicks, like the complete podcast roster you know for them so we have so many people i think we're up to 21 people which we have 17 now so there's a couple people from this season that's not coming back next season but we're we're adding more yeah net net addition yeah yeah so i'm really Um, excited about that but that's that's all i got what i really like about the fantasy cup is that we have people that that came on here that doesn't that they don't do nascar fantasy cups too much. I play DraftKings stuff every week. So 
I, it's not like a point standing thing, but I'm right. committed to, to, you know, put in a few bucks every week on DraftKings because you never know. Once in a while, you're going to hit something. You're going to make something out of it. Uh, I've come close to several times, but these people that have joined this, they don't do these NASCAR fantasy leagues every week. So it's amazing to see that not only are they enjoying it, but they, they have, every one of them have stayed committed. We haven't had a single person drop out. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, exactly. I'm so excited. What, 27 races in? Is that it? In the 36 races of yeah. the season? So 27 races in. We haven't had a single person drop out yet. And that's exactly and, what I'm I'm so excited about. And something that I, I stress to the new people that are coming in next season, um, uh, you know, Ryan, who just joined a couple weeks ago, his girlfriend is thinking about joining us next next season. So uh, there's so many new people. And just one thing that I we cannot stress enough is just don't don't just stop playing. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the it, easiest thing, you know, the easiest fantasy um what am i trying to say the, like the easiest fantasy league i've ever been a part of because i've never been a part of any but just don't give up <laughs> even if it looks really bad like caitlin vinsel you're everyone's hero like you go girl <laughs> <laughs> what um what i like that we're doing this year i think we need to uh carry over on the next year uh even more is i think it's a good idea like this year we kind of spread them out, but for some reason we are, I guess it's just because of the timing of everything. We're kind of um, backloading the season with mm -hmm. prizes. Yes. I like the idea of that to keep people who are not in the championship hunt playing. Absolutely. Like maybe throw one or two out there, you know, maybe, maybe three or four tops through the whole regular season. But then in the final 12, 15 races, just everything we have, just put it out there. Yeah. That way people will want to keep playing, even though they might be four, 400 points out of the championship. Right. You know, it's like, well, what do I have? What's the point of playing? You know, I'm just going to play the prize races. Well, if every week's a prize race, play every week. Right. You know, and we just backload the, the season as far as prizes go. I kind of like that. Gives, gives the, uh, end of the year a little more weight yeah and i can i can assure you and everyone that listens to this podcast podcast they know me personally like a majority of them so you kind of know that my financial situation is not the best right now but i will tell you i am dreaming of the day that i am no longer in debt these prizes will be a unbelievably way better and there's one thing in my head that i'm it's obviously not going to be for a long time. It has to be a situation where I'm out of debt, which could be up to, you know, 2026 or whatever. Um, but there's one big prize that I am dying to get out there. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. 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 I think also what I want to do and let me know people out there listening, let me know if this is something you would, you would actually like, because I go to these antique malls and stuff a lot. You know, these uh, antique stores, vintage stores, whatever. Mm -hmm. And in the South, I don't know how it is everywhere else, but in the South, there's a lot of NASCAR stuff in these places. And they are cheap. I mean, cheap, cheap. Like, you can have completely, 
you know, new on card, uh, 164 scale die cast from 25 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago for like a dollar. Yeah. You know, that's less retail for these things. Cause they were 96 cent in the store or you could have the most random thing. Like I saw a, uh, a bandaid package that had a Michael Waltrip car attached to the side of it, you know, like all complete right there. Today I saw a packet of Davy Allison trading cards that were bigger than they were. They came in a box that had, that was uh, painted like the car itself. And the blister pack on top of it had Davy's picture where it told you what it was. It was glossy, um, trading cards, but they were like oversized a little bit. So they were maybe twice the size of a normal trading card all the way around. But see, I saw that today and it was like eight bucks. These things are, I just bought me a 120 today. I bought me a 124 scale Dale Earnhardt 1998. I believe it came out later than this though. I want to say it's a reproduction from winter circle, but it's the 1998 all-star race, uh, back when they used to call it the Winston, they he ran in the 50th anniversary he ran a gold and black bass pro number three yeah and i found that today without a box it's opened up and everything but i found it today for five dollars and it looks great like it's in great shape great to sit on my shelf you know let me know if you guys would be interested in something like that finding these little one dollar unique finds little five dollar things here and there maybe making like a 25 dollar box as a as a prize and just random nascar classics goodies you know just yes a, a nascar goodie box so to speak but it'd be mostly like vintage stuff that you find because you can't really find a whole lot of new stuff as far as that goes without it being like promotional but let, let me know if you think that would be fun because i can always go antiquing and look at yeah. some of this because it's fun yeah. and i have a good little bit of stuff i could probably throw in there too honestly from my personal collection so let me know if you well, guys would like that I would love that, and I also would like to say that I was completely wrong at the at the uh, start of the show. I said this might be the shortest <laughs> show we had. No, no, it's not. Hey, we're a little over an hour. We're fine. Um, yeah, we just had to break it up into two, so it didn't seem <laughs> as long. But we need to. Uh, we'll get on out of here. I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. Please rate and review and follow us on all the social media platforms. Uh, X and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod, and you also find us on Facebook. You can email the show at In the Marbles Pod at gmail.com. You can check out whatamaneuver.net. You can find our shirts and all the most of the other podcasts that we we talked about here today, too. They have shirts there at whatamaneuver.net as well, and a lot of them also are at uh, T Public, I believe. I think that's another one that they're at, and some at Pro Wrestling Tees, but whatever. Whatamaneuver.net for us, uh, use. You, you can uh, search uh, this by store in the marbles and you'll see our designs right there. Also, we didn't talk about earlier, but go to skinnymixes.com and you can get all sorts of sugar-free flavors for uh, coffees, alcoholic beverages, waters, whatever. I mean, all sorts of stuff. And they have uh, all their new fall stuff out right now, all these pumpkin flavors. And then pretty soon they're going to have the Christmas flavors out like gingerbread and sugar cookie and things like this. So, Check out that site, skinnymixes.com. You can use the code MARBLES at checkout, and you get 10% off your first order. And before we get out of here, got anything you want to add? As always, peace, love, and all the above. And we'll see you next time in the Marbles. <laughs>